0: This is episode 52, and I just wanted to say that this is a huge milestone for the Moon Tea podcast because we have now been doing this podcast for over a year, and we had aimed, John and I, John told me a while back, he's like, when we first started, he's like, you know, we, let's talk about this after a year and see if we want to continue. We did it. We finally did it. I just want to celebrate. Ooh, yeah. It. Thanks, Andy, oh, for being oh, on oh. our 52nd podcast. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh man. Dude. I
1: love it. Congratulations, boys. We need, we need to send Andy a plaque.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man. Seriously. And uh, shout out to like JT Jack Attack for helping out and supporting and getting head. Andy and head of client right. relations <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else who's been on. So thank you all.
1: In five, four, three, two, one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. Today we have Andy Wright. welcome andy uh yeah i don't
0: know andy do you want to introduce yourself
1: or hugh do you want to do something
0: (laughs) totally so andy's a really good friend of mine then we go way back to uh pomona college and pitzer college and we swam on the same same swim team together and andy and i have a deeper bond than that in the sense that we were both media studies students and and now andy is a doctoral candidate a phd student in media studies and i'm excited to learn more about that as we go and catch up it's been a few years since andy and i have hung out since pomona pitzer times what is it 2019 2018 June, right? 2018
2: i think we figured out yeah yeah, yeah.
0: it's amazing yeah. time's flown time's yeah it's <laughs> flown. and for those listening uh, on my uh, spotify or something else and he has an amazing stash right now. Beautiful <laughs> do. Looking great. Love it. I love it so much.
2: Oh yeah. Growing the hair up for the wedding here. So it's uh, all the, it's as full as it'll get here. I'll say that. I love that.
0: <laughs> and yeah, he's going to be a merry man soon. That's amazing. Massive congrats there. Well,
2: yeah, wow. Thank you. And uh, yeah, nice. thank you all for having me.
0: Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if there's anything I missed, please add in. Man. But if not, let's just dive right into whatever it is we want to talk about.
2: <laughs> yeah, perfect. I think you hit it right on the nose. Uh, doctoral student at uh, UT Austin in media studies. So i um, uh, happy to be joining y'all from, the, from sunny Austin right now. Or at least I think it's sunny. I haven't been outside for a while. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Very cool. Were you the same year as you? Uh, I was actually one year under Hugh. So uh, yeah, Hugh Hugh graduated one year before me, but we were in the same department. Um, Although Hugh uh, was obviously much more talented with uh, video production and editing and all that good stuff. I was more on the uh, complaining about stuff on the critical side of things. So (laughs) more on the writing side.
0: So this is so impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Hugh, Hugh did
1: do a lot of work to put our video editing flow together. It's it's a little embarrassing that I was editing videos for a long time. Cause because now Hugh does it in like, I don't know what, like 10 minutes or something. Like, like you have you have all these blocks and then you just kind of like copy paste them in.
0: Bit by Even bit, artists, systematize. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> just improving production pipelines, bit by bit. <laughs> right. uh,
1: cool. Well, uh, nice to meet you, Andy. We're we're uh, just, I guess, meeting for the first time. Um, and mm-hmm. thanks for coming on. So, my I guess my my question uh, has to do with your undergrad major and your research right now. But can you can you uh, explain for the the layman what uh, what entails? Like like what does studying media studies entail? Um, and then like maybe go a little into your, your research and and all that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll kind of start with the because uh, you were asking about undergrad. I'll start a little bit with that and delve into some of the uh, path that I've taken after that. Here, um, so the Claremont Colleges, which both uh, Hugh and I went to, uh, as well as my brother, who Hugh knows, I think they overlapped for one year as well. Okay. So that's kind of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exciting. Um, but so the Claremont College is sort of has a uh, Department of Media Studies uh, that's uh, kind of based in critically studying media, specifically film Uh, The school I went to Pitzer is a little more uh, has like a larger activist bent to it. So, um, like a lot of the folks there are working, um, uh, working with kind of smaller nonprofits uh, after school or going into video production, um, sort of in a smaller way. Um, And, you know, that could look like there were folks who were working with like drag balls out in LA. Um, me and a couple of folks who were in my program like worked with a uh, the Costanoan Rumson tribe out in um, out in Pomona, California. Um, but that's just kind of give you a lay of the land of the department. Uh, I personally, like I said, I'm more on the critical studies side of it, so I do a lot of just um, uh kind of applying humanities theory uh more generally to uh media and i used to be more in film so for instance the um my undergraduate thesis that i produced uh was sort of a post-colonial critique of american road movies and sort of basically laying out this theory that um you can't really ever show the American road without positioning someone in some sort of gaze from on the road and someone as the object of the gaze off the road. Uh, and so that finished up in 2016. Uh, from there, I uh, worked for a year with AmeriCorps in San Jose, um, uh, uh, helping out in a school, an elementary school in San Jose uh worked a year, at, as well as some before that, part-time in the craft beer industry uh, with mm-hmm. Anna Isaac Bush, um, and then uh, from there, uh, applied to the uh, radio, TV, film department at UT Austin, which kind of brought me to my current path. I did my MA there uh, from 2018 to 2020, actually on uh on the long drive from portland oregon where i'm originally from to austin texas actually stopped for a couple of days and stayed with hugh so that was uh, Mm -hmm. kind of a fun yeah exactly kind of the the penultimate stop before ultimately moving to austin in august of 2018 so that was uh, an exciting trip um but sorry to focus a little bit here um my work in my master's was sort of around um basically i pivoted pretty quickly once i entered my master's program because of how much i saw digital media affecting the way that we lived our daily lives um and so specifically smartphones and smartphone push notifications so basically what my master's thesis ended up being was an elaboration of just the different ways that i saw smartphone push notifications specifically iphone push notifications uh impact in daily life um and so that kind of culminated uh in a journal article that i published in december here about um They're basically, again, laying out more theories. If there's something that I do within media studies, it's looking at uh, new media and applying some sort of theory that's been around for a while to it. Um, But sort of the focus of that work was how are these notifications that are being generated by these uh, network apps that are hooked up to home cameras. So like Ring Neighbors or Nextdoor You might have heard of like citizen or something like that also, Um, although I focus pretty explicitly on neighbors and next door and how the notifications generated from that can actually begin to create these sort of narratives of what our neighborhoods uh, look like or like what happens in our neighborhood. So if what you see is, you know, 20 notifications a day about crime or about fire, what does that how does that impact your image of the world outside your door Mm. which um during the pandemic you know certainly we were not going outdoors that much so i thought that was um, kind of an interesting topic to pick on um and that's kind of where i've been angling towards for that doctoral research as well i've just finished up coursework so my doctoral research is um kind of still in its early stages but that's sort of the base that I'm building off of that makes sense
1: that is super cool uh just as an anecdote I uh, like following up on your point about about like some notifications can influence how you how you view the world I totally had that experience where I subscribed to the NYC subreddit and every single day there were posts about some crime that happened somewhere in New York City and and the first few days I was like oh, okay like this is what I guess this is what people are talking about and then after after like five days I was like dude I'm I'm getting paranoid just like living my life and I almost I like I understand that these happened but I also understand that there are like millions of people living here and so I'm glad I I'm glad I unsubscribed but yeah for a while I was just like I'm becoming paranoid and like I don't like this so so uh yeah yeah, good good on you for uh for doing that research and like I guess bringing to light how even small behaviors like that can play a huge role in like how you see the world
2: Yeah, and that's very much like the foundational um, writers in media studies were, um, came out of like the 1940s um, and sort of were at a a certain point like reactionary to Nazi propaganda. And so the idea there was that like, oh, there's this new form of media that's um, really making people, it's kind of fooling people but uh, I think that's a little bit, we're a little bit, uh, I think there is something that we can grab from that about like media uh, does have this impact on our lives without like accepting that we don't have any control of that. So stories like that where people realize what's media is doing and take an action to change their media consumption. That's really what I think is uh, an interesting part of uh, the field right now of media studies especially uh, and also just like how we're all living these days at a certain point so uh, i'm glad you shared that story that's what i'm trying to say hmm. wow
0: so what was the journal article recently published uh, about about it was about the notifications for the different neighborhood apps or like what was the finding
2: yeah, uh, that was um, again. It's basically um, it, it's the finding at a certain point was again. We're thinking of media studies just putting forth sort of theories about uh, social behavior or like cultural practices. Uh, basically, the main theory that I was running with with that piece was that these notifications are producing. Uh, these narratives about the places that we live in and that isolating effects of the pandemic were making that grow um, like more impactful in our lives. So, uh, the sort of phenomenon that I came up with through that was um, something I called the fiction. So, sort of these stories that are told in our lives through our notifications that may not necessarily be designed into the app, you know, they're not an intentional. Um, they're not an intentional part of the app, and they're not intentionally produced by the users, but there's this impact in our daily lives, nonetheless. That um, I was sort of theorizing, um, and that's in the um, Imagination's Journal. I think is uh, what it's called.
0: Awesome. We'll have to put a link in the show notes below, and when when we go through this, really cool. Cool. Uh, notification. I love that. <laughs> that's so cool, Andy.
1: You're you're out here just like. Coining words for I don't know, like social studies textbooks in the future. You're like, yeah, it's coined coined by this guy who's a student. Um I'm yeah, this I'm I'm super happy we're having this conversation because number one, you you've taken a different career path than like anyone else that we've had on the podcast. So like that's super cool. And uh that makes me super happy. And then number two, uh given that you've taken this like 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 your your own path and um and like you're doing this kind of research. Like can you talk a little bit about about what like what it is about your research that was like interesting and exciting to you and then kind of like yeah like what what would be like a really awesome role for you in like five to ten years?
2: Yeah. Um, So just uh, so what it is about my research that's interesting. Um, I mean, I think uh, I kind of might have covered this. So let me know if I'm covering too much of the same ground here. (laughs) Um, But the uh, at a certain point, so there's the field of media studies. And um, there's also something human you might recognize this term the cultural studies is like very similar to media studies. Um, It's kind of born out of uh, the school called Birmingham School in um, the 1980s, fell in named Stuart Hall, if you've ever uh, heard of that. But basically, uh, the notion of everyday practices of what we're doing in our lives being worth studying and how we are consuming media um, being like a legitimate form of, like social practice, basically. So like, and this is, again, based off of, um, you know, going back to the foundational concepts in media studies, We're studying like, okay, what's happening in opera? What's happening in film? What's happening in high art? Um, and the cultural studies side of it, and the side that I find very interesting is, okay, that's interesting to look at, say, like, you know it's one thing to look at Martin Scorsese films and say like oh there is this happening and that's great and that's so cool and spend so much time making this movie um, but it's another thing to and this is what keeps me coming back to the work is how does how do we act when like a when our pocket vibrates you know when there is a notification or what is the like emotional reaction to, um, you know, like seeing an ad on Instagram that you might not like, or even that you do like. So that sort of, uh, notion of studying the everyday and sort of trying to apply these, uh, you know, cultural theories to it, or trying to just validate even those everyday behaviors that folks hold, uh, through scholarly study. That's, um sort of what keeps me coming back at a certain point um and I've forgotten the second part of your question embarrassingly enough I wrote down the first part but
1: I Uh, the second question was uh what 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 does a really cool and engaging role for you in five to ten years look like
2: yeah so uh yeah that is maybe why I've uh, avoided that question subconsciously. <laughs> uh, no, uh, joking here. But um, yeah, certainly I think that a lot of folks in my field and my program, especially um, the kind of uh, the career track looks like MA program, doctoral program, potentially postdoc, and then into some sort of research appointment um, as a professor. Um, and I think that's a really, like valid career track. I think that's, um, you know, obviously an ideal world. Uh, how great would it be for uh, pursue my research all day? Um, that's, and, and obviously that's not all the professors do. Like there's a lot more that happens in a university. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, I guess an ideal t- career track. I'm still kind of finding it at this point. Um, I'd say definitely something that Um, As I've kind of grown in this program since I've been at UT for the past several years, uh, I've definitely come to enjoy a lot more teaching, a lot more um, kind of helping folks uh, like get access to either these theories or to like just the writing mechanical skills that um, we teach in our classes or that I teach over at the, uh, not teach rather but um, Facilitate at our uh, writing center, so uh, something that uh, something that allows me to keep interacting with people, uh, hopefully on a daily basis, and helping them to, uh, you know, take the time to think about what they're doing in their daily lives and express themselves about it in some way. So that might have been a vague answer, but that's the answer I got for you right now. <laughs>
1: Cool, uh, Hugh. Up to you. Where? Sh- how should we? Uh, how should we shape the rest of this interview?
0: I've been. I've been deep diving. Not really deep diving. I've been kind of spending a bit of time listening to the interviews by with the gentleman called Tristan Harris. He's yeah.
2: Yeah, the, from uh, Tristan Harris, right? The fellow oh, from yeah. the Social Dilemma.
0: Yes. Yes. It's yeah. been quite interesting and I was listening to the Joe Rogan one of them recently uh, what was it like episode seventeen thirty six and I was just in a conversation with uh, someone I was talking with yesterday and you, can you give a little background
2: on who Tristan Harris is and and
0: yeah Andy, please take it away <laughs>
2: uh, yeah i'm I'm only familiar with his um appearance in the in the film the Social dilemma but um sort of. Uh, as well as I believe that he and Sophia Noble did an interview for Times uh, or Time Magazine for um, Meghan Markle and um, Harry. Um, but sort of, he is uh, someone who formerly worked in the tech industry specifically, I believe he was one of the early folks on either, his it was something Google, it was either Gmail or search. I don't want to mischaracterize, so I'll just say uh, he formerly worked in the tech industry. Um, But he sort of um, has taken a much more critical stance against tech recently um, and sort of uh, has become a sort of figurehead for uh, society needing to slow down or use less technology or not use our phones, specifically not use so much of uh smartphones and platform-based uh social networks. Um and that's sort of he uh I believe in that uh in the docu, I don't know what you call it docu Drama the have you all seen the social dilemma? It was, it was quite it. a lot. Yeah. Yeah
1: yeah I have yeah I, I was I was not surprised by anything. I was just like yeah, yeah. like <laughs> makes
0: sense <laughs> <and> great <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I think there's a real value to that, to like, kind of communicate just how alarming the state of social media is to a wider audience like that. And I feel like that's, um, uh, yeah, Tristan Harris is, um, I think that's one of his uh, skills, at least from what I've ascertained from just what I've seen of him, is communicating that sort of message in a really concrete, example-based way for a uh, wide audience. And I think that that's um, like a really valuable skill.
0: Yeah. He, like I'm um, again, very basic right now, but some of the f- statistics that were being used are really fascinated me. We're talking about like s- supposedly TikTok, And uh, this is about mm-hmm. 13 minutes and 25 seconds into episode 1538. I was just analyzing this the other day and sending this link. So the they put in a 2% beautification filter on TikTok. What does that mean? Basically, <laughs> there's like this underlying game of social networks that are it's if it's like free market dynamics in the sense like if someone doesn't do it, someone else will. And then is and there's no ethics to it and it's like maximizing the time in which people are you staying on apps and how do you maximize the stickiness of them. And it's only for those types of like growth metrics rather than like ethical metrics. And it's interesting to think about how even like, to me, it just blew my mind. I was like, I understand why Snapchat filters in a way are very unhealthy, especially the hyper exaggerated ones. And personally, that's why I have such a hard time. I don't have them on my phone anymore because I just can't unsee what I've seen, especially as a designer of product in this industry. And so with that, it's like, the 2% filter that's added on just to like subtly have people see the something that's not actually real. Right. Like talk about, talk about, uh, you know, like Roland Barthes punctum of changing what people are seeing. Right. Like I haven't used that term in too long, but uh, you know, (laughs) or like, what is the other one that I'm going to flex here? John Berger way of seeing (laughs) like, like everybody has their different like ways and we're kind of, we have all of our backgrounds of history and context and or like, what's another term? I, this is, it's been years since I've used these terms, semic axes that we like cross and converge on, right? Hey, did I do it well? Yeah. Um, and and so like with that, we have the that perspective, but it's funny and it's, it's blowing my mind of how we're actually now able to take those semic axes and start to like manipulate them. and And these digitalized products that are, mass produced on to the pocket as andy's talking about of notification push notifications that cause people to take their attention very very simple very basic everybody knows this it's just it's it's kind of mind-blowing and then you know the simple one from the social dilemma the person who designed i don't know if it was Christian or if it was someone else but they designed the infinite scroll pull to refresh you know and then check and that It's interesting that he's also comparing in certain ways. I guess this is turning into like (laughs) like a lot about what he was saying. It's just like China has created stops and they've designed stops in their apps where after a certain amount of scrolling infinitely, they'll have you like wait X amount of seconds. And we don't have any of those social stop queues. And then also like turning off their social apps. He was mentioning in China from like 10 PM till 6 AM for their children under like 14 or 16 or something Uh, totally incorrect numbers but something for the younger adults and we don't do any of that or their search algorithms or recommendation feeds are curated not to like the dancing you know really westernized influencer culture of this is how you become wealthy and famous is by dancing or whatever you know but theirs is like curated content to science and research and and like trying to inspire their kids to become more product or creation focused. I was like, Whoa, there's, I don't know yet what I think about these types of dynamics regarding free market or just open non-restricted freedom of speech versus curated designed experiences in order to craft society and, or the next generation and the way in which they perceive the world and, or create their future uh, value or create value for others in the future or you know what their goals are in life and I don't know what that line is but it's been really interesting for me from that perspective of since I'm now I really love design how does human-centered design what does that even mean um, and yeah and Andy also like vibrations in the pocket like ghost notification vibrations sometimes I feel like my phone vibrated and I'm like my phone's not even there why did my leg just tingle <laughs> like <laughs> there's some real stuff but yeah
2: yeah there's definitely a lot to a lot to grab on there and i'm glad you're bringing up yeah john berger and uh roland bart from our from our old oh god who is that uh who was was that with alice juhasz or uh, for
0: me it was uh i think it was professor rita Tr-
2: something oh man Rita Talmor. that's right we're in that yeah
0: I love that that was my favorite class honestly like I realized I couldn't ever get another class like that it was junior year discovered it and then I never got to dive deeper that was one of the I loved that remember that my photo project oh man that was
2: great yeah I loved it
0: dude (laughs) (laughs) good times good times anyways we digress yeah
2: Yeah, there's certainly, there's a lot to grab onto there though about, um, yeah, certainly, um, I, I, yeah, I haven't heard that particular podcast, so I can't speculate too much on, um, uh, on the, uh, you know, what Tristan was saying, uh, there, but, um, yeah, it's certainly interesting to talk about the new, like you're talking about, like the physiological, um, maybe like impacts of like the phantom buzzes and the, um, at least uh, what I'm more concerned of is like, not only that our phones are doing that or that we're doing that, but that it's accepted as normal at a certain point. Um, and you're certainly seeing that, you're right about the, um, like the profound lack of regulation in the uh, in the U.S. for, um, uh, for what algorithms or how these sort of programs are designed. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I think, I think you're definitely, that sounds like a really interesting, uh, really interesting show. I'll have to check it out if I can.
0: I'll send it to you and I'll add it to the show notes below too. Perfect. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Are
1: you familiar with Cal Newport? And his work, Cal uh, Newport? Newport.
2: No, I'm not sure if I've heard of uh, heard of that person before. Um, can you, he wrote, you just,
1: uh, yeah, he wrote. So he's a uh, he's an academic. He's a like a computer science professor, but he wrote a book called Deep Work, and hmm. uh, wrote a bunch of other books, um, and a lot of his like a lot of his, like, popular books are, uh, like, he writes, he writes about how, like, social media, um, about how, about how, yeah, like, all these, all these things are just, like, grabbing our attention about how every time you check your phone, like, it seems, it seems so innocent, and yeah, he he has, he has a lot of, like, arguments, but the big one is that uh, in order to be very competitive, uh, in in this world, like it's pretty important to to not to like not have social media and like not have all these other things that like get other people's attention. Um, and then he writes about things like, like, yeah, just about how to like work more effectively. Um, because to my understanding, he. He works like nine to five and he's a tenured professor and then also like writes books and, and also like has a podcast and just like, is incredibly productive, but he's not, he's not like slaving away. He still hangs out with his kids and he's just, he's just like really diligent with his work. Um, so I, 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 uh, yeah. I like, I think I've read all his books um unless he's written something recently, but it his books his research his work like really uh helped me like think deeply about about career and how to be good at working and like when to say no to things um, but i when he made a podcast, I was like listening to every episode and then very shortly realized that he's just saying the same thing over and over again, so <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad i reached that point because
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but but yeah the, a lot of, like he's very like anti-social media he, like he's never had social media um he's very diligent about like when he gets into his home his phone is just like by the front door somewhere um so
2: yeah yeah so that's such an interesting perspective to hear as well because like there are the two sides that are uh, like sort of the side that I study uh, of social media you know is maybe a little bit uh, it, it sounds like an interesting angle that he's bringing in because the sort of way and correct me if I'm uh, not framing this the way uh, that he's framing it but sort of the idea being that um, like that social media it impedes on your productivity it impedes like it sort of stops you from thinking deep uh, deeply. So like um you know you don't want to use Instagram because you're going to get distracted from you know working on your it seems like he has quite a few uh, best selling books out. So maybe he doesn't want to go on Instagram because if he doesn't for a year he can write another 100 100 pages or something like that. Um and that's definitely I think that's a really uh, interesting angle to take that like um you know social media as an impediment to productivity mm-hmm. uh, and there's also the other side of it uh being what i study um or maybe a little bit closer to what i study being that uh social media is because sort of the division when i talk about everyday life i'm not talking about the workday necessarily So it's affecting during this productivity uh, period, like this work day that you're talking about, but it's also impacting us in our uh, like rest or leisure time.
0: Uh,
2: And I think that's sort of, um, I mean, that's kind of undeniable at a certain point, if you're looking at social media as a sort of all encompassing um, a sort of framework for how we're communicating then it does impact both our work and our, uh, leisure time. But that's, that's certainly an interesting, um, appreciate you, uh, citing that work there. I'll have to go check it out and see, I mean, don't we all need a new way to be more productive in these times? It's always. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and for clarification, he's not,
1: he, he himself does not have social media and he's, He's very careful about about his his like information diet, but he also understands like if you're an influencer, it's part of your job. Um, but I think uh, what was one of his books? It was like digital detox, something like that. But he he writes about how he suggests that everyone just like cuts everything off for thirty days and then like slowly introduce the parts that that uh, provide like a net benefit um that's yeah, so, it's interesting yeah like it's a, it's a,
2: yeah yeah social media elimination diet at a certain point
0: <laughs> i love that yeah. that you called that a, a social media diet or <laughs> well i think yeah but... <laughs> that's so cool um it's funny my fun little fact andy to about this is about a year ago now i uninstalled all of the main social media apps, like Facebook, Instagram, um, Snapchat, didn't really have TikTok, but I uninstalled it and never really used it. But it was interesting within like two days, I have an iPhone, I'm an iPhone user and you have statistic metrics. So very light metrics of phone usage. Guess how much percent, how many percentage, oh my God, what's the words like, guess what my daily percent usage
2: of time went down by. I'm going to say conservatively 10%. 63.
0: So it went down by 63% pretty much overnight and I haven't installed them since. And it's been interesting. So I'll, it's, it's been really interesting for me because I don't use Snapchat at all anymore. Like even if people are interested, I'm just like, Nope, don't even. And then Facebook it's interesting. I like now do some like Brazilian jitsu and going to some different, uh, I'm like, uh, with on the board of the Gilbert sister cities. Right. And they communicate events via Facebook events. And it's funny because I actually don't even go on anymore. I don't even accept that. And I don't go on to Facebook events or open Facebook for that. But one interesting edge case that I, it's funny to like analyze the way in which you have, those like external forces kind of influencing upon you there. It's like, it's, it's just such an inch for me. It's been really interesting to navigate from a firsthand perspective, viralicity and, or advertising of products that are social network based. And for me, it's been really interesting getting continual links on Instagram from Instagram, From people sharing stories or certain like sound bites that then draw me back in, right? Like there, there's those hyperlinks they pull you in. You go to the web browser. The web browser flow possibly pushes an Instagram download link. It knows that you don't have it, but then I don't watch it. I don't sign in, or I have to sign in. It depends on what barriers it has. And it's like as a designer, it's interesting to analyze those types of sticky points uh, and onboarding flows. But it's been really interesting how I can't get away from Instagram. I still have to, from only a web browser, is the only thing I allow myself to is to go and be on there. And now I actually have a rule where I don't even follow back. If people will follow, I don't even, like I just, I'm like, the only thing I will do right now that I can allow myself to do and I still haven't changed it yet is to see and view something if someone sends it directly to me via iMessage or a messenger, WhatsApp or something, and then I'll view it. But if it's sent to me via the Instagram messenger, I won't know because I don't get that push notification because it's not natively installed on my phone. And I'm really, and now even when I see that I have unread messages in Instagram, I don't actually allow myself to open them. Talk about weird. I'm I'm very weird, but it's, it's been a very interesting perspective for me to kind of like navigate through. And then even in like dating environments too, and such like that, it's been very fun. Uh, But yeah, I thought you'd be kind of interested in. That random insight. Yeah.
2: Well, you're. I think, yeah, there's something really interesting there, right? Because I also am someone who um, near the start of the pandemic, I uh, uninstalled, um, you know, Twitter and Instagram, uh, like the apps from my phone. And I um, have since deleted my Facebook as well.
0: Uh, Did you delete it? Because I couldn't actually export my data from Facebook. It's so messed up. Like you can't, I won't, I didn't want to lose all the photos and stuff from my college, but the download link for all your data is broken or it won't download after days. And you're like, they probably do not fix this on purpose. But anyways,
2: yeah. No, it's probably, well, then it's, I might be using the wrong word for delete. Then. <laughs> um, but Uninstall? Uh, whatever it is, uh, deactivated it, whatever, mm, I don't, got you. Um, gotcha. I don't have a Facebook page. Maybe that's a, maybe speaking oh, in the cool. present tense is a better way of saying it.
0: Well, oh, you can deactivate. Um, Didn't know that. That's awesome.
2: I think it's something like that. I'll have to go back and look at the exact, um, uh, but then, um, and yeah, you're right. Like there are those moments where like, um, for instance, like a lot of people will send me stuff on Twitter, uh, which I'm on, on the desktop. Just um, I have a Chrome extension that blocks it from like nine to five on weekdays, but, um, um, but uh, people will like send me things like that. And there is like that use case, right? There's that affordance where uh, it would be cool to see like, uh, you know, like, you, like you're talking about what my friends are sending me and have that notification get through. Um, But because of the platform and I don't like the way that using it makes me feel at a certain point, Um, like, you know, I don't use it on my phone. But then there's also things uh, that are more troublesome about the way that platforms, especially, and I'm glad you're bringing up Facebook, have become integrated into the way our society functions. Like, for instance, um, kind of the prototypical example is, um, I don't know if y'all heard about uh, it in Austin, but um, oh god, two years, one year ago would be 2021. The February 2021, we had that uh, the deep freeze um, where like a lot of folks lost power. Um, we were lucky enough where um, we lived near the University Hospital, so it's uh, we kind of didn't weren't too badly affected by that. We didn't lose power for uh, you know is like on and off for a little bit, but. Uh, and water and all that good stuff. But then you have the city of Austin when they're doing their, um, like their uh, broadcasts, sort of updating people about the status of things and public services there, they did that on Facebook Live. So you have these sort of public service things uh, that are, they're not just for fun at a certain point. These are for people who are, you know, facing really dangerous situations, but it's tied to this platform at a certain point, and so I think you're right that there is, uh, like, at a certain, uh, or maybe not. Uh, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. I'm not sure if you characterize it this way or not, um, but that like there is the way that we're all using social media that like there is that barrier to entry, and I. Uh, it's uh, cool to hear you talking about it from that design perspective because that's not a perspective I'm intimately familiar with so there's that daily usage but then there's also the way that that daily usage gets wrapped up in like public good or like uh these public uses that Facebook like you know the city broadcasting on Facebook live um so maybe that was uh kind of a little bit circular there, but I, I think there's definitely, I'm glad you're bringing that up there because that's a really interesting tension. I think that we all have to um, just because again, getting back to the deregulation of social media um, and the internet more generally, um, you know, it's uh, it's a sort of balance that's been left in the consumer's hands about all of us need to choose how we navigate uh, these platforms in our daily lives. Um, which is, you know, it's something. <laughs> I, I noticed
1: something interesting. So mm-hmm. I I deactivated Instagram and I deactivated Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was like three years mm-hmm. ago actually. Oh,
2: cool.
1: And it was interesting because like I, I actually used Facebook Messenger a lot. Uh, like I used I used Instagram to like keep in touch with people, you know, because that's that's what people use it for and and yeah I think the reason I the reason I turned I deactivated them was I think I was starting to read kind of like read about it and like understand what it was doing to my attention and just like being more aware of what it was doing I also had a work day where like I looked at my usage and I had I had been on Instagram for like four hours in one day and it was just like, it was just so, it was just so shocking to me. Um, and so, I deactivated them. And it was interesting because, because in the past, I would scroll through a feed, and there there would be people who post stories and people who 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 make Instagram posts, and you feel like, you feel like you're passively like part of someone's social circle or, or like you passively, passively, like this person is like in your, a part of your community and yeah. And then, but, but now like I just text people or I call people and and I've, I've realized for me, I'm more likely to like text someone or call someone or like even occasionally like write a letter and just be like, Hey, how are you? and i i really treasure that because if because by not passively being part of someone's life i'm way more likely to proactively be like hey like what's what's up what's up in your life and i just i just feel like i've been like it's been a huge benefit to me um and like yeah, there there's the occasional time when like something is being planned and it's on Facebook Messenger and I'm just like not a part of it. But it's like it's actually not that bad because <laughs> because someone is there to like just tell me the summary and I just go sure, and like I don't I don't need to be there to plan everything. And uh, there's probably like maybe like one wedding that that I was like not invited to because the person couldn't find me. And it's like it's okay. <laughs> um and so yeah that was that was like really interesting to see because um just like how I view my community and like how I become more active with like staying in touch with people because like I use I use a I text more now but I'm I'm happy with that because I'm actually you know I'm making plans with people and I'm like keeping in touch with people I'm like I do like video chat I, I get to hang out with you and then you know maybe maybe Moon Tea podcast happened partially because of that action three years ago who knows you can't really test it but um, yeah that, that was like really interesting to like see that and like also see that it seemed like such a big jump at the time but it's like now I'm actually glad that I don't have it because I feel like it it makes something so much more complex and I'm just, I'm just glad to like not deal with it at all.
2: Yeah. That's awesome to hear like that, um, you know, going off of social media or at least like reducing um, your involvement with it. And it sounds like this is kind of universal for all three of us. I don't mean to um, generalize here though, but, uh, but it sounds like, um, like getting those deeper connections, even if they're fewer, like, you know, you're probably not spending four hours a day writing letters to your friends at a certain point. Um, But but like there's uh, that deeper involvement that also takes like uh, less time out of your day. And that's, uh, yeah, I think maybe I don't have an answer for that, but that's uh, exciting to hear that um, I think a lot of folks are afraid to leave social media because they're worried they'll become disconnected with people. But this experience you're talking about of feeling more connected um, and more deeply or more intimately to people um, because of the action you took to get away from platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, also, that, that's also an exciting to, thing to hear.
1: Also, uh, to clarify, being more connected with fewer people, which is like a yeah, trade-off yeah. I'm willing to have.
2: Um, absolutely
0: yeah i love that that's fun um, and and just to thwart confirmation bias since we're all on a similar train here for anyone who is part of the social media realm and is deep into instagram and stuff i also just note that i have had a lot of conversations with a lot of good friends about this and think about it a lot too in the sense that there is a lot of positive utility that is derived from social media networks, especially Instagram feeds, depending on what you follow or who you follow or interact with, right? Like if you really do find positive feedback and happiness and that type of like uh, feedback that's positive from those interactions, that's awesome. So that's not a bad thing as long as it's healthy. uh, And also you understand what the real design behind it is of like how it's been designed that sense Uh, or like the content you digest if it's infinite scrolling mindlessly maybe not the best but if it's like for if you're a content creator even and it's positive content that does help people and push the world forward and create value for others and help them with depression and or find them some some place of solace in the virtual realm if they're deeply nested into the COVID world, right? And they can't get out, right? There's a lot of beautiful content that's being created in just the virtual space. And so that's not to taboo all of social media, but just our own decisions and um, still finding out our balances. And the other thing that I thought is kind of interesting is especially on the notification realm of things and curating one's experiences on how one is able to be reached and at what times and hours of the day. Andy, have you looked into, or uh, the, you said you're an iPhone user. Have you looked into like the, the new focus at times and stuff like that? The focus features? Yeah.
2: Yeah, certainly. And first to just repeat that. Yeah. No happiness is hard enough to find in this world. I'm not here to tell anyone to not do what makes them happy. I mean, it's, um, but uh, yeah, so I have looked into the um, yeah. Like the, broader like do not disturb and like you're saying the new focus times in like work state
0: or like focus state or custom notification states curious
2: yeah it's really interesting right like the um because you know something we talk about a lot is like what are the affordances of this and you know the fact that it allows you to um I, so I guess uh, I've not had the chance to like look at it too, too closely, but from a thousand feet, I'll tell you, I like the fact that it allows you to uh, block notifications from different apps at different times. Like for instance, um, I can't really turn on um, do not disturb completely when I'm working because I still want to get access to emails. Like if a student emails me with something timely, but like maybe having it off for messaging would be good. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely a really, um, uh, that's a really neat affordance of it. And, um, certainly I think that's a recognition, um, on the part of, I'm not intimately familiar with the design team over at Apple. Um, but yeah, maybe like a recognition there that that's something that people want in their daily lives is the ability to, um, you know, not be notified quite so frequently. Um, not be drawn back into these uh, into whatever apps that they're using you know uh, we're talking a lot about social networks but hell like Candy Crush sends notifications too I'm sure Um, so yeah you know it's it's uh, so yeah I guess to give an answer uh, to make a long answer a little bit shorter there I like the features of that uh, of that uh sort of the new stuff they're doing with do not disturb and work focus um I'm still exploring it a little bit too though
1: can I just can I just point out that um I don't think it's quite random that Hugh Hugh uh like deleted Instagram and like other social apps (laughs) from his phone and then also became the youngest design director of all time at his company, and then also it was like the uh Gilbert. What were you again? Like the
0: chair, or
1: what was that? I'm just
0: on the board of directors. Is, board is of directors.
1: Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying it happened. I'm not saying there was causation here. I'm just saying, <laughs> like I just look at what it's in front of me. Um, and yeah, uh, that yeah, a little, yeah. <laughs> <a> little <laughs> anecdote there for you. The. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that that being said i think we're close on to the hour and andy we ask all our guests this but do you have any words of wisdom any parting thoughts to our six or seven listeners
2: (laughs) yeah um i mean i think i kind of said a version of it earlier but um yeah it's uh I think the way that um, I've come to understand technology just through studying it, media technology specifically, um, is that there are a lot of different ways to use technology, to use media, to consume media, to produce media Um, and whatever at a certain point. uh, If it makes you happy and it isn't hurting anybody, then that's the right way to use media for you, I think. Again, a lot of the foundation of media studies is based in this sort of elitism around media, but like, hell, I mean, before this, I was watching uh, House Hunters International with my fiance, like it's, you know, (laughs) I'm in a program that kind of, you know, originally started studying like, uh, uh, you know, like genre of Hollywood film and things like that. uh, And like Mexican American film history and, you know, uh, again, maybe that's a little bit rambling here, but what I'm trying to say is happiness is hard to find. So if it doesn't hurt anyone, do what makes you happy.
0: Heard
1: it here first.
0: You heard it here first. first. <laughs> Amazing. Wow, really. Andy, thank you so much for coming on, man.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And John, it was great meeting you. And Hugh, it's good, uh, good catching up for a while
0: really was hope to see you soon and hopefully if you're ever in town definitely let me know if, uh, if i'm in austin i'll definitely let you know but with that you know another episode of the moon tea podcast is sadly coming to an end thank you again senior andy wright soon to be docked doctor or doc whatever uh, but thank you so much this is a podcast where we talk about craft community and building meaningful careers please tune in next time Thanks again. See ya. Peace.